For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. All right, good evening. It is the Beast of the East podcast on the Believe Podcast Network, also coming to you on the Y'all's Conference Network. On the video side, it, and it's an exciting day because our brand new cast is aboard. Joining me uh, from last week is Vinny Hardy, and our newest, and our newest not guest but host is Israel Troop. What's up, guys? What's going on, man? Uh, what's up, up, man? How, how we doing? Uh, we doing good, man. How everybody so uh, we are doing good indeed. So we have. We have a very, very action-filled show for you. Lots happening. A lot happening very, very quickly uh, in, in, in the world of college football. Uh, we're going we're gonna to give you a little recap of uh, last week's games and uh, something called the coaching carousel. There's been a few moves out there. I don't know um, if you guys have seen those, but we'll talk about that in a little bit. And, of course, uh, the SEC championship game uh, it is on the horizon. Um if you want to follow our socials, it's right on down here at Troopstar28, at Vinny Hardy, at Coach Burton36, at Believe in Dogs, at Believe in Kentucky. Um, check those out. Uh, subscribe, hit that bell. Also, guys, we are brought to you by betonline.ag. We got a brand new sponsor as well. So, BetOnline uh, is back and better than ever. A, a new web interface for the rest of the NBA season and more props, odds, and lines than ever before. It remains your number one spot for basketball and football action this season. The NFL is about halfway through, so there's still a lot of props there too. So what are you going to do? Vinny and Israel, we're going to head to the new and updated desktop or the mobile website to sign up today receive the 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE50 to receive your bonus. Bet online. It's where the game starts, guys. Uh, so, how we doing? How was how was everybody's Thanksgiving? Oh, had a few days it was off. Great, um, got some hunting in. Yeah, it was good. Jolly, uh, what, what's your favorite? What's your favorite side dish, or what was your favorite side dish? Mm. That's tough. Dressing. I got the make the mac and cheese this year for the uh, Thanksgiving dinner, so that was a big okay. big step up for okay. me. Okay, so you nice. Got a strong mac and cheese game. Oh, hey. believe it, baby, believe it. <laughs> that's that's Israel for us, man. He's got the it's it's on it's on point, man. The mac and cheese game. Uh, the stuffing was real. The, the dressing was really good this year for me. I really enjoyed that. And the sweet potatoes. Sure you can't eat. You favorite. can't eat everybody's stuffing. No, you can't. <laughs> Sometimes I have too much sage and too much stuff to mess it up. You know, you got to have it all seasoned up right and and mixed right. It's got it. It's got to be the right blend. So yeah, some people go uh, too hard on the. I guess it's sage or or, or I can't think of the other herb. Some, I think some some are sagey and it's, it just messes it all up when it's too sagey. Exactly. So, uh, whoever made the stuffing at the Thanksgiving, uh, I went to did a outstanding job. So I'm, I'm excited about that, but, um, nonetheless, there was a lot of good football on, I think Israel just dropped out. I'm not sure. Um, but, uh, lots of great football on last week. We'll talk about that. There were some, actually some pretty good NFL games on, on, uh, on uh, Thanksgiving Day, but we we don't have time to really talk about those. But uh, the coaching carousel is is really cranked up. Lincoln Riley to USC. Yeah. Apparently, Brian Kelly's expected to be named at LSU. <laughs> Billy Napier to Florida, among many others that are soon to happen. Uh, so the chat is blazing. Uh, 
We're, we're talking about Lane staying. I, I'm not really surprised by that. Um, I, I think that's a, uh, I think that's a really, really good job for him. So I, I didn't think he would, uh, I didn't think he'd be, uh, I think he'd be quick to leave. So, uh, but if you want to jump in on the chat, we've got some people uh, rocking and rolling. Um, yeah. Them rebels, they uh, egg, egg bowl champs, but um, so out of all those moves, let, let's start with Billy Napier to Florida. To me, that's a home run, right? To me, that's who I thought LSU should have went after. I think it's a great hire. Um, you know, I was talking to I actually our head coach today about Billy Napier. Um, he's a great guy, a uh, great players coach, um, great offensive mind. Um, people forget he was at Clemson. He was at Alabama, um, OC at uh, Arizona State. Um, kind of got uh, stolen away from Arizona State by Louisiana. So, I mean, um, he's at and check his track record of what he's done there. Um, I didn't. For completely forgot that Louisiana even had a football team other than LSU. So he's done some great things. Um, I think it's overshadowed by the big names that everybody's getting now, but I think uh, Florida made a great hire in getting Billy Napier. Yeah, uh, he's done his thing down there. Um, and like you said, he could have could have maybe been plucked up uh, a few other instances before now. Just playing devil's advocate with y'all, what I mean, he's still maybe not a splashy name as others when you think about Florida, but that doesn't mean he's not ready. But which makes more sense now, Napier now or Mullen when Mullen got hired at Florida, just in y'all's opinion? Napier now. Uh, I think Napier's a better recruiter. I think he's got more energy. I think he's a better motivator. It's just a better – I think he's a better all-around coach than Dan Mullen. Now, Dan Mullen, you know, he knows his offense. He, he didn't forget how to coach. But I think there's aspects of, of Dan Mullen as a head coach that I do not like as far as the recruiting aspects and the way he runs his programs and the way he kind of handles the media and all that stuff. I think Napier is everything that everything that Mullen wasn't as a head coach, and I think he'll hire good people around him. Yeah, um, I was talking to a buddy of mine. Um, they're big Florida fans. Um, they were talking about the recruiting process from when Mullen was there and from when I got recruited when uh, Urban Meyer was there. We know uh, Mullen was the offensive coordinator then, um, and the experience was totally different. Um, they're feeding the kids hot hot dogs and um, just mm-hmm. it's kind of boring. You know, um, when you go to Georgia, I mean, you're getting high-dollar meals, Um you know, you're getting catered to left and right. So, I mean, I think the the aspect of recruiting was kind of going down. That's why you weren't getting those four or five stars going to Florida like you used to. Oh. It, it's it's sad. And, and it, I mean, it makes sense to see in the product they have on the field. So, anybody that's going to recruit during the season is going to be an immediate upgrade. So, so there's <laughs> yeah. that. Um, <laughs> the one concern, Vinny, that I, I think you, you, you and I and, and Israel all, all know is – he was scapegoated at Clemson. You know, he was the offensive coordinator when uh, West Virginia scored uh, three quarters of a hundred points on him. So that's seventy-seven. Uh, yeah. For those of you who uh, don't know, um, so yeah, that wear off. That's a that's a little smudge. Yeah. It took a little time to to, yeah. to get in the rear view. He had he had to grind a little bit, but I think you know I think he learned a lot from that experience. I think he, you know, there's some things that he did, um, and uh, so yeah, uh, they're asking Israel about your about your shirt. Oh, uh, this is our high school um, shirt. Uh, I coach at Monroe um, High School down here in Albany, Georgia. Um, this is actually one of the three shirts that I ordered, um, but uh, this is the. Monroe M, the new Monroe M that we have now. There you go. Yeah, somebody was concerned that you're bringing that Michigan garbage in here. Although Michigan, that ain't garbage this week. Um, If I I could get a run game like Michigan's, we'll be in good shape. Um, So Florida, I think they get get a solid A. Um, I thought it was all Benny. I don't know if you can see the chat, Israel, but um, yeah, all Benny. Uh, Napier is obviously an A. 
Uh, Brian Kelly coming to LSU. I mean, that's not that's all but official, but that just, it's looking like that's going to be uh, the case. My man uh, Cody Caldwell's giving it a, a, an F. I think that's a little strong, but um, a weird I, fit though. It is a very it's, weird fit. <laughs> if it's a fit for the fit, I think I think for the fit you get an F for the fit. But I think for an all around coach, um, kind of what they're looking for to. Uh, bring a little bit of stability back to that program. I think they get an A for that. Um, you can't knock what Brian Kelly's done at all. His coaching pedigree is really good. Um, so I think that from a coaching standpoint, they get an A. From the fit standpoint, well, I don't get an F. I give him a D minus, you know, because his personality doesn't fit, you know, the raging Cajun, you know, yeah. and, you know, it doesn't really fit, mm-hmm. you know, what they do in LSU. But I think he'll bring a little bit of swag to him. Um, you know, they'll play hard just like they do at Notre Dame. Um, I think it it's all depends on who he brings and puts around him. Um, yeah. that's gonna make that job worthwhile. He gotta do it quick too. He he ain't got time to mess around down there. We we know that. But the talent in Louisiana, he got it all to himself. And you know, it's it's hard to mess that up when we've seen O and less win chips down there, but you can't be dealing down around and 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 Starting off sluggish down there, they'll chew you and spit you out. They will, they will, they will, they will quickly put you in a pot of gumbo and, and they will run your butt out of town. Um, so I mean, as as a fit man, I, I just I don't know, like I, I think you know, it's, it's not a great fit, but I mean, who out there that was available was a great fit? I mean, Matt Campbell would, would not have been a great fit, obviously, Lincoln yeah. Riley, not a was not a good fit. He he. He spurned him for uh, for USC. Um, Hugh Freeze was never going to go back to the SEC. Bill O'Brien is an even worse fit than uh, than Brian Kelly. I mean, Bill O'Brien is a Northeastern guy. Like, he's a New Englander, I think. I mean, he, he is he's about as far away from the Cajun personality as you could possibly get. So, I mean, at the end of the day, is the guy genuine? Can the guy coach? Is he going to surround himself with great people? And I think he will because he has already at Notre Dame. And he's going to go to a place where it's a little bit easier to recruit because you're in a great, great home state of Louisiana. You got Texas right next door. You don't have the strenuous, overbearing standards that Notre Dame has on the academic side, which is good in a lot of cases, but sometimes can can handcuff you a little bit. So I, I don't know. Like I, I think it's, I, I think it's going to be. Ultimately, I think it's going to work out because I, I do believe that he can get the job done. And and, and I am – no, I don't want to really say I'm a fan of him of his, but I think he can turn the tide a little bit and say it wasn't just because he was at Notre Dame the reason why he did a good job. So I like the hire overall. It's a weird fit, but I, 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 think, I, I think I like it. I'm not ready if to give it. I'm bringing my D.C. I'm bringing my, I'm bringing my D.C. Got to, right? You got to. Is he, getting, is he getting consideration to get promoted, though? Probably not. Mm. Probably not. Uh, unfortunately, he should, but he probably won't because they're going to – they, like LSU, they, like USC, want to just go for that big splash. Mm. Urban Meyer. <laughs> That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Urban Meyer. That's right. And I'm, and I'm seeing Bill O'Brien to Virginia Tech. Yikes. That'll be good for Bama fans, that's for sure. I don't think um, he spent enough time in the uh, Saban coaching school. You got to think, Billy Napier spent time in the Saban coaching school. He was a, he was the receiver coach at Alabama. So he, he spent time around Nick Saban. He kind of learned how to run a program. Yeah. Um, won a couple of national championships with him. So he's been there. I don't think Bill O'Brien's been in Alabama long enough. Lane Kiffin, same thing. Kind of learned how to change the tide a little bit. Mm-hmm. Put discipline along with his swagger. Nice you know, punt. that's why Ole Miss is doing so well. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, Bill O'Brien, he, he might be encouraged to take that job if you get if you catch yeah. my drift. Because um, they – it was it was brutal offensively. They could not run the ball. Um, but, yeah, Bill O'Brien of Virginia Tech, I, I think I would have rather keep Justin Fuente. But there you go. That's my uh, – another heart attack for Urban – Get out of the NFL. <laughs> Jeez. He was just jet setting back to college, man. It's crazy. Ur- Urban. Wow. That's laughable. Lincoln Riley to USC. Now, this this 
beyond like it being a home run for USC because I think they got a great coach and you can say what you want to say about him being scared of the SEC. But when Pete Carroll was at USC, they were dominant, dude. Yes. They were absolutely dominant. They made that part of the, they they shut down that part of the country to everybody else. <laughs> so having USC back on the map, which potentially could happen under Lincoln Riley, is going to be really good for college football because it's going to bring a West Coast power in, and we're, we're going to be our our views of USC are going to be a little bit different potentially. Mm-hmm. Now. This is all, I mean, potentially Billy Napier is a home run hire for, for Florida. He could fall on his face. We said that about Dan Mullen, home run hire. Look yeah. where it's got us. So we don't truly know, but I think as of right now, I think that was the right move to make. The next question is, actually, I'll wait to, to ask the next question. Lincoln Riley to USC, what, what are our thoughts about that? Is it going to be a home run? Why do we think it's going to be a home run? Israel. <clears throat> I think it's going to be a home run from the standpoint of recruiting. Um, we all know he's he's a player's coach through and through. We know that. I don't think he ran from the SEC. I think the money <laughs> that they're paying him made him go to USC. You got to think from what I read today. I don't know if it's true or not. They brought they bought both of his houses. I mean, for a million dollars together, you know, five hundred grand you know, piece more than what he paid for. You know, he get to use the private jet whenever he wants to. Yeah. I mean, salaries is what, like 110 mil over, you know, five years or something like that. So, I mean, you can't dispute anything like that. You, you can't turn that down. Yeah. And the fact that you get to recruit all the West Coast, what made Pete Carroll so good? He kept players in California mm-hmm. and he pulled a couple from all these other states in the nation. He made, it, he made it extremely he made it cool. He made it fun, yeah. and he made it like if you're not at USC, you're you're not in the running. And those five years, Steve, were dominant. So mm-hmm. in the comments, five years out of 50 is USC. Yes, but those five years were absolutely dominant. Um, you get two two Heisman Trophy winners. The yep. uh, lighter, yeah, you get two Heisman Trophy winners. So, I mean, yep. well, you can't beat that. And, and a, and a uh, one and a half natties. <laughs> so it, it mean, was it was good, right? Um I'm not gonna say he's running away, but and he will recruit in California. He was already, you know, bringing California kids to Oklahoma. So now you put him back in LA, that's that should continue and probably improve. So I'm, I'm with you on that. Um maybe he's not running away from the SEC, but the the easier path in the Pac 12, and if he can recreate what Pete Carroll did. It'll be a lot easier in that league than if he was coming to the SEC with Oklahoma in a couple of years. Honestly, I mean, he, I think he was still maybe – he got out while the game was good because Oklahoma could easily have six losses this year. They played with fire all season long and a lot of close calls. They only had two losses, and but they were – I mean, Kansas punched them in the mouth in the first half. Um, all these, you know, all these, you know, really treacherous outcomes. We know it's a game of inches and go either way every week. But he could have easily been seven and five, and nobody is, you know, everybody talking about the shine coming off of him. He got on and got that ten and two and dipped on out, and and you know, getting was good, roll on out and and start a new chapter, take a new challenge. But whew, we could have been talking a whole different conversation about Lincoln Riley this year. Absolutely. I mean, it was so close in a lot of ways. And yes, I have said numerous times, OU is a very, very soft, soft team. Um, but honestly, like they were, they were that way under Stoops too. So I, I don't know that he made the, he don't, he didn't turn them into a soft team overall. Like they can be physical at times, but I think sometimes when they get hit in the mouth, they don't respond very well. They've always been that way under Bob Stoops. So to me, this is where we're really going to see Lincoln Riley, right? Mm-hmm. We're not because he kind of just took over for Bob Stoops and kind of just continued on and then just kind of took it to a very, you know, not like a huge jump, but like he took it to another level 
not quite the level that OU fans wanted, but he took it to another level than Bob Stoops. Um, but he kept winning the conference, uh, kept getting them in the playoff, uh, even though they were getting two Heisman Trophy winners. Two Heisman Trophy winners. So, I mean, he did a tremendous job. Yeah, were they soft this year? Absolutely. But um, they've been soft. That's the reason why they get shellacked in the playoff games because they're because they're soft. The Big Twelve is a soft conference. The Pac twelve is they've got it's like getting more I, physical. I, I would say yeah, I would say the Pac twelve is more physical than the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. I would say it's tougher. Like you have Stanford, Utah. Um, you know, you have Utah. Utah. Utah will flat slug you in the mouth. You've got uh, Cal who. Yeah, absolutely. I love Whittingham. Um, but you got Cal who will slug you in the mouth. They can't really, they're not really competent, but they're tough. They're, they're just Washington totally, State's about to be really good. Washington State's about to be really good. Oregon State is is getting better. They're, act, they're 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 tough. Again, they just don't have the people to finish a game. Uh, Oregon at times. Oregon's probably. I wouldn't call Oregon soft, but they're not exactly tough either. They're kind of in the middle. But USC has a low, has a pretty damn good roster, despite all of Clay Helton's inabilities. Like they've got some players that Clay Helton would have never gotten anywhere else. Defense wins championships. Um, yes. So uh, yeah. Well, I mean, Washington just made a made a hot, made a great hire for them. They got uh, they got. Kalen DeBoer, DeBauer. I don't know how you say his name. Somebody got to help me out with that one uh, from Fresno State. So it's it's a tougher conference, I think, than the Big 12. Um, so I, what he can do at USC, he's going to have to hire. He's no Clemson quarterback. No, he's not. No, <laughs> he should be with, with that name. He needs to add about 13 more letters to his name and he'll be he'll fit right in on the Clemson roster. But, um, <laughs> but I mean, to me, I think it's going to be a great fit. I think in year one, he's going to bring some excitement to that program. I think he's going to, I think in the transfer portal, Jaden, Jaden Hazelwood is going to come to USC. I think he's going to get some good, some good recruits in, in that regard. So I think he's going to have a really good loaded roster. I think he can be the guy to take him to the next level. I'm excited for it. I like it. Um, but the but my main question is, here's the elephant in the room. It's going to affect possibly two programs in the SEC, Tennessee and Kentucky. So, Vinny, I'll start with you. Are you nervous a little bit that, that Mark Stoops could end up at Oklahoma? Is there any is there any indication that he's looking? Uh, he's still saying all the right things. He was out recruiting today. One of the big issues he's requesting was you know recruiting budget and private jet and all that kind of stuff like the basketball team has. And you saw him stepping out the jet today on Twitter talking about big game hunting. And he was up in New Jersey. He was everywhere. I don't, I don't know if he wants to be kind of in Bob's shadow and, and follow Big Brother and, and all that. Uh, and, I mean, they get along in their family, but I never got the feeling that it's like we just got to be together. You know, he, you know, he could up and decide he wants to to do that now that Lincoln is gone. But um, it is – that one is maybe the most – Concerning one, you know, LSU and not really Florida, all these other ones. Uh, Notre Dame opens now, but Oklahoma maybe would be the one that kind of makes you worry the most. So we'll, we'll definitely have to see what happens. But he's, he's still yeah, – I mean, I'm, I'm hearing Venables too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're going to have to uh, – Kentucky's going to have to bring the bank at him, I guess, yes, because Notre Dame could come calling – and also uh, Oklahoma could come call. So he'll get a raise nonetheless. If I'm Brenton Venables and I'm making 2.3 as a coordinator, am I really wanting to take on the role of a head coach? Are they really going to offer him? I, I don't I don't know that that's the route they need to go. Like, I don't 
I, don't, I mean, to, to me, I don't think he wants to leave. I, th- I think he's, I think he's fine. He's intent with being a coordinator. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't really make somebody leave and be a head coach if their their aspirations aren't to be a head coach. You know, that's hard. That's really hard to do. Um, and he's had plenty of opportunities to leave before uh, Fuente got hired at Virginia Tech. He could have had that job. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think he's pretty content. And when you got a guy that's content, it's really hard to make him get off and move somewhere else, especially for a head coaching job, you know, at Oklahoma. You got to think big, big time boosters run Oklahoma. You know, does he really want to deal with that? You know, I think that was a had a hand in why Lincoln he's been well. now, now. He's been there before. I think that's I think that's where the connection is because he was a coordinator there before he came over to Clemson. So the boosters know him, but I still like you just watch him. I, I think he's a get in the lab, watch film, and break down stuff type of defensive coordinator. Like yeah. I don't, I don't he's know not that limelight yeah. type guy. Kelly. John Chavis back in the day for Tennessee, he was just, I just want to be a, a coordinator. They had no desire for the media stuff. I don't want to do a coaching show every week, all this other <laughs> stuff that I got to fool with. I ain't want to do that. Go speak at the quarterback club. I don't want to do that. Just one coach. I'm And Venables is 50 years old. I'm not saying that that's ancient, but he's had, like like Israel said, plenty of chances to to, to make a move. Look at Lincoln Riley in, in his 30s and already head coach. So, Maybe he just don't – he ain't wired to to want to do that. And that's perfectly okay. And yeah. he's making more as a coordinator than half of FBS as, as head coaches. So he's certainly not going to – he's certainly not going to go down to G5 level to deal with all that stuff. So keep an eye on that. They may sway him. I'm not real sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, Brian Kelly, 15 mil per year. That's just irresponsible. <laughs> They're paying him fifteen million a year. That's just irresponsible. You just ask. Think about it. You had you had to do something to get him away from that school over there. You had to do a lot. And more revenue is coming. There's more TV deals. It's just gonna be more stupid money flying around, and everybody just dying to overpay somebody. <laughs> speaking speaking of stupid money, can 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 they dump some over here to the Beast of the East podcast? We got an open slot. Just dump it right here. <laughs> just dump it right there beside Vinny and underneath me there. You know, we, we, I, I would love to see a, a duffel bag full of, of racks. Just drop one. That's it. We ain't asking for a lot. Yeah, just drop just one. <laughs> I mean, ten million split three ways. I, I can, Ooh. I can, uh, you know, I, I, I can go with that. Yep. I'm good. With hey, that. I'm still, I'm still gonna go to work in the morning. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> you want to go people that win a lottery and still punching the clock I get bored. I just man. know that I can tell them that guess what? I can quit any day of the week. I'm just here because I I, I want to be here. Just remember that. <laughs> Tennessee might have some McDonald's bags. I'll take it in a Mac- McDonald's bag too. Nope. Yeah. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Loving it. And duffel bags still happen. Yes, but I don't know why. Like, why is everybody being secretive about it now? We, you have NIL, so why are you being secretive? I, you know that doesn't make any sense either. So, um, but th- those are those are the latest. Um, and all you Jacksonville State fans out there, uh, congratulations on hiring Rich Rodriguez. Ooh, can he keep it to himself this time? That's that's the that's the question. Can he do it? I don't know. I do not know. But uh, that is your that is your coaching carousel uh, for the moment. Now, if you get on football scoop, uh, I'm sure you'll find some more. Like who's going to uh, who's going to be at uh, Colorado College of the Mines? Uh, Mike Bobo. He's not returning to the staff. I, I forgot about that. That's more of a best of the West type thing, but. Israel, I know that one hits a little close close to home. Yeah, I kind of saw this one coming. I think, you know, after Auburn got rid of, you know, Coach Williams, who I, I personally like, um, I think there was some tor- turmoil going on there to begin with. Um, and then after the debacle um, this past Saturday, um, I kind of saw the writing on the wall, but I thought it was going to be more of Harson was going to take a little bit more control of the offense. Um, it was still going to be Bobo's deal, but he was going to have more say, but to completely abandon it and, you know, to go a whole different route. Um, I did not see that coming. Um, 
you know, you got to think there are some questionable calls throughout the year, but I mean, you're trying to fix Bo Nix. You got TJ Finley coming in who is just now learning everything as well. Um, didn't, you know, didn't really come along as far as they thought. Um, but I think he handled the uh, his first, um, you know, Alabama-Auburn game pretty well. Um, you know, but it was a surprise to see that today. It really was. Yeah, it was. I, I was like, man, he just got scapegoated. But maybe it's not a great fit. Who knows? Um, and then uh, Rhett Lashley, I, I really like that hire over at SMU. That's a great hire for them. I think- I think he's done a good job. I think people are soured uh, with what he with happened at Auburn, but again, I don't know that that was fair. So, and then uh, Israel Troop is going to be the new head coach at Milliken University. What is that? That new, that new school? <laughs> it's Division Three. They compete the CCIW. They're looking for a head does coach. It, does it snow there? Because they're not going. <laughs> oh, it snows like crazy there. Yeah, that's that's a no go for me. That's it. It's in Decatur, Illinois. Like it's thirty two degrees here, and we're like, oh my god, what what's going on? Yeah, I had, I've had ice on my windshield last three weeks, but um, not only is it cold, but to make it better, there's absolutely nothing to do. Where is it at? Oh, no, if there's nothing, Decatur, Illinois. Mm. Yeah. No, if there's not a target, my wife said no. Okay. <laughs> That's no. If there's not one target in town, my wife ain't we ain't going. Okay. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> I'm sure there's a target uh, about 45 minutes down the road. Take <laughs> take the old family trip. I wonder what it's Peoria in Chicago or something. Closest target. Yeah. <laughs> Closest target in Minneapolis. Um, yeah. I gotta take my pistol everywhere. I mean, I'm like, no, we, we can't go. Um Israel, what would your kids do if they saw snow? I think they love it. Uh we're kind of in that um that adolescent stage to where everything's exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, I went dove hunting on Saturday and brought a dove back so they could see it. Um, they were all excited. They said, Daddy, why ain't it moving? I said, Daddy shot it. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and their dreams <laughs> were shot with it. <laughs> Shattered. Oh, my God. Yeah. The first time they realized that Daddy hunts animals. Yeah. But uh, they, they're really, they're really, uh, they're really good. Um, I think snow would, um, they'd be excited for a little while and then they get over it. My wife would hate it. She hates being cold. Um, she definitely so, would like to cater. No, she hates it now. And, mm. um, in the morning time, she's like, I don't want to go outside. So if she wakes up and sees snow, it's going to be ball game. <laughs> do, do you have to, do you have to start the car for her? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Both of us got remote starts. So we have to, it's uh, a must. that's, that's good. That's you right. turn the heater on before you turn it off, so when you crank it up, it's already on. It's already it's already <laughs> rocking and rolling. That's that's pretty awesome. So, uh, g- games last week. Now, before we get into that, uh, we have a brand new sponsor on the show, uh, Lightbox Jewelry. So, say goodbye to dull gifts. Lightbox lab grown diamonds are the best gift of the year. That that's lab grown diamonds, using cutting edge technology and innovative techniques. They've cracked the science of sparkle creating the highest quality lab grown diamonds that you can find at a light price, $800 per carat. They have the same chemical makeup of natural diamonds, but are just grown in a lab because of their process. They can create stones in a bluish pink and a beautiful blue, as well as classic white light box lab grown diamonds are the gift that they'll never want to take off price. So they won't have to, they really do make an out. They really do make any outfit sparkle. I know uh, I know my outfit needs some sparkle. Uh, visit lightboxjewelry.com and add sparkle to your holiday shopping. That's lightboxjewelry.com. Light, lightbox diamonds. Never a dull moment. So um, if, if you're listening to this show and need some shopping ideas, lightbox jewelry. There, there you go, man. Dude, those, those I wish I'd known about this before I brought my wife for a Christmas present. I know. I'm with those colors too. You still got time, Israel. You still (laughs) the white, the pink, and the blue. You do seem like somebody that would like some blue. 
Yeah, and, and I'm born in November, and I'm not. I don't know all the birthstones, but November birthstone is an ugly brown color. So this has got the yeah, I know. November's the topaz or whatever they call it. It's ugly. So that's white and pink and blue that Lightbox is talking about. Those colors are way better than us November birth, birthstone type people. So yeah. I'm already for it, man. I'm I'm a I'm I'm a sapphire. I'm a September. See, see you get a that's a good see. color. All these good colors, but November gets stuck with that doo doo brown topaz, and uh, uh, it's terrible. <laughs> I was I was literally about because I'm a November baby too, and um, uh, third. I remember, look at mine's the fourth. So, <laughs> so I remember looking at birthstones like, why does ours look like doo doo? Yeah, man, it's terrible. It's terrible, man. Like, not like solid doo doo. Like the doo doo, like you just ate three Taco Bells from being in downtown Athens. <laughs> and you woke up the next morning and it didn't oh. come out good. Type doo doo brown. 11 oh, months of the year. You got opals and rubies and amethysts <laughs> and all this other stuff. And they get November gets, we just get shafted, man. It ain't right. Y'all get dooted on. Unintended. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of teams that got dooted on, uh, Georgia Tech got dooted on two straight weeks. Jeff Collins oh. is not a candidate at Notre Dame. Nor is he a candidate yeah. at Oklahoma. So that game, there was quick work made of that game. Uh, same with Kentucky on Louisville. That was a fun and exciting game, right, Vinny? It was for hey, Vinny. What's this? Oh, all day. Will Levis let every, let the country know. L down. <laughs> they won just like Texas won by horns down, and you know we just yeah. we just give it to them that much more. You know, yeah. another blowout, and it's, it's just lopsided. This year they were better, and the same thing. Just another, you know, just another thirty piece. Will Levis juking people, breaking ankles, and hurling dudes. I mean, come on now, come on, Louisville. Exactly. <laughs> um, you, you took the pizza box and crushed it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, sure did. Uh, Georgia, there was an aerial shot, Israel, of the Georgia game of Bobby Dodd Stadium. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see any tech colors. At no, all. I saw no blue or white. I don't even think the band even wore the team colors. They all wore red. Pretty much, and it, it it's insane. Bobby Dodd's turf now, um, and their paint looks terrible. Yes, well, like uh, they ran out of money. They they obviously have they got turf and had and fired their whole grounds crew, so there's nobody yeah. there to. Paint. And they, then they then they turned around and fired the OC, the co DC, and the secondary coach. Like that was the problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I oh wow, oh boy. And and now you're losing Jameer Gibbs. Yeah, he's in the portal. Who is a who is a grown man? We played against him in the uh, playoffs in 2016 uh, when he was at Dalton, and that young man is the real deal. Let me tell you. Mm-hmm. Georgia, Tech, I'm Georgia Tech. I'm not keeping Jeff Collins very long. No, all the talent in in Atlanta, and you guys know well as I do. Atlanta produces some of the best athletes ever, but you're keeping them in Georgia. And they're actually going to Georgia Tech, but you can't win. I don't think that's a coordinator type thing. I think that top that starts at the top from the AD to the head coach, in my opinion. That's just me. Exactly. And when your head coach is too worried about marketing, yeah, not, and, and, and Israel, you and I went in depth about this. So if you want to hear our thoughts on Jeff Collins, they haven't changed because it's just more of the same. Yeah. He's just too busy marketing and doing the ATL thing and the Waffle House Cup and all the gimmicks and there's no substance behind it. So, yeah. like, at if some I'm point, Georgia Tech, I'm getting a guy like Coach Stoops, Mark Stoops. That's hard nosed, no nonsense. Like, I'm here to win football games. I'm here to, you know, mm-hmm. recruit players who want to win football games. That's the kind of guy from Georgia Tech. That's what I'm going to get. He's you need somebody with you need somebody with a Paul with a Paul Johnson approach, but recruits yes. better. That's what he's you need. Mean, he's mean potatoes. Uh, Matt Rule would be a perfect fit. Yeah. Matt Rule would be a perfect fit at Georgia Tech. Mm. That'd be a great hire. I don't think he'll go there, but that'll be a great hire. Ole Miss, Georgia Tech. Ole Miss should wipe the floor with him. If you don't, then Lane Kiffin probably should be fired. Um, so, yeah. Uh, 
Also, South Carolina kind of disappointed me a little bit. I thought they would give Clemson a little bit more of a run, but they They were never they were never in that game. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Vanderbilt, Tennessee, it was close for a minute, and then Tennessee did what Tennessee does; they pulled away. Yeah, um, and absolutely destroyed them. Uh, the, I mean, honestly, the 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 best games, you know, the Egg Bowl was was really entertaining. It it was fun. Uh, I, I thought the Auburn, well, the Iron Bowl was it was great. It was a great, was great. game. It, you know, it, you you kept you kept going. Okay, Auburn, and and not because not because you don't like Alabama, just because like, hey, this is a this is a three touchdown underdog that's about to beat the number two team in the country. Like. I want to see if they can do it. And they just, Israel, they stopped pressuring in that last drive. The last drive is hurt. Well, what started is Tate Bisbee went out of bounds. Mm -hmm. Um, um, I think it was second down play, he went out of bounds. Um, And you gave them, what, a minute and 30 seconds to get down the field. One thing we know about uh, Bryce Young is that he he doesn't doesn't get phased. I mean, they kind of held it together the whole game. Um, and then you got to realize that they might not be able to run the ball, but they can throw it. And he's got four or five horses back there that can go get it. Mm-hmm. And then number 23, bless his heart, he became a liability because Mechie ate him up to win the game. But the touchdown throw, you're one-on-one. Pass interference is 15 yards. Don't give up a touchdown. No. They still got to go score. They still got to call plays. And by that time, I and mean, they, game they over. Were- and they were struggling in the red zone. Exactly. So capacity for just pushing down. Exactly. Exactly. So I I don't yeah, just just grab him, just tackle him. Whatever you got to do. I mean, if there's ever a time to take a pass interference penalty, that's a time. But for Tank Bigsby, if there is if there's ever a reason to just go down, like go against all of your natural football instincts and just hit the deck. And he was already oh. he like tried after he was out of bounds it like hit him. You could you could see it in his mind. Oh I need to get down. He was already he was already drug out of bounds by the time it entered his mind to tell his body to, to get down. It was too late. Mm-hmm. And he didn't call a play near the sideline. He the play bounced. Like yeah. He just bounced it out there. Like he just ran out there. That that one, that one, as much as I don't like to blame kids and all that stuff, but that one was on Tank Bixby. Mm-hmm. That play was on Bixby. Um, and unfortunately for him, it had huge implications. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, his defense could have picked him up. I mean, it's a team sport. Obviously, there's some things that could have happened. Like they could have pressured more every time they pressured, it seemed like they got home. Um, they could have passed. They could have taken a pass interference, and and forced them to to take more snaps. They could have stopped them on fourth and seven when they had a chance to. When Billingsley just ran a, a nice simple comeback on the sideline. But you, that's asking a lot when you when they've held Alabama to a field goal for fifty nine minutes. I mean, yeah, pick tank up one more time, but <laughs> you have held these dudes in check. This ain't your typical dominant Alabama, but it's still Alabama. Jameson was suspended, but you still got some dudes over there, and you held them to a field goal for fifty nine minutes, and you know you just you're that close to like you said three touchdown underdog, you know, and throw the records out, but for them to to even be in the game, uh, the way that they had been trending coming into the game was was something else, and all the stuff too we've seen in Iron Bowls throughout the years. From before we was even born, punt, bama, punt, and all that stuff. For this to be the first one to go in overtime, we actually to see history made after all the crazy things that have happened in that rivalry was was pretty cool too. Yeah, it was. But Bryce Young again, man. I mean, he played poorly for fifty nine minutes, but that or not poorly, but he, he didn't play as good as he normally does. He was getting hit, yeah, battered, throw, making yeah. bad decisions. They, I mean, they were one dimensional for most of the game, and then. They were just in a two-minute situation. They were allowed to just sit back and, and pick them apart, which I don't understand that either. But um, but when you look at this game, when you look at what Bryce Young was able to do, I mean, the dude just have just the dude just has guts, man. He he climbed the pocket, hit several throws to to push him down the field. I mean, the dude just threw an absolute dime on that touchdown. It was a beautiful throw. Um, 
I mean, it, like the guy was surprised that it got to him. Like, I, I don't think he, I don't think he could have handed it to him any better. Yeah, I mean, you you can't take a freshman and put him in a situation like that and expect the outcome that you get in the Iron Bowl. You know, in that situation, you need a touchdown and you get a touchdown. Poise, two minute drill, he gets it done. You know, which is scary. You know, going to, going into this Saturday. Yeah. You know, if they can pull that off. You know, of course, our defense, you know, we'll figure it out real quick. But, I mean, the potential that that could even happen, you know, puts a little fear in you. Good thing is they don't have a number two that can come in behind him. Yeah. But, you know, just the fact that he can do that as a freshman, just wait till he figures it out in two more years, how much more deadly he's going to be. Well, jump it. Well, let's let's just go ahead and use that as a jumping point uh, for, uh, you know, this week's big game coming up, the SEC Championship. Georgia, Alabama, Georgia opens at six point favorites. You know, I, I think when you when you look at it and you compare with, you know, Auburn was able to hold them to three points, but Auburn couldn't do anything either. They had, they had TJ Finley, who's bad enough, but it, then he's on one leg. Now he's even worse. Now he's even more useless. So when when you look at that situation, it was just borrowed time for them. It, it was only a matter of time to to when Bama was going to like if 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 you hold Bama to three points, you better put them away and you better score on them while you get a chance to. And they had chances to. Auburn had chances to. There was open receivers. There was there was bigger run lanes. They they did some good things to help neutralize Will Anderson. But then again, Will Anderson was a beast uh, in, in in other situations that you know that helped that helped Alabama keep themselves in the game. But to me. With the, the the biggest key for me for Georgia, obviously Bama's going to have tough sledding, right? They couldn't block Auburn's defensive line. What makes you think they're going to be able to block Georgia's defensive line? They ain't running on Georgia. I got news for them. They're not running on Georgia. But in order to keep the passing, I think you have to take that uh, Tennessee approach, right? To where, ah, screw it. We're just going to play man. We're going to come after Bryce Young. We're going to hit him. Hit him, hit him, hit him, and hit him. And we're going to make him beat us. At, and we're going to make Alabama beat us in the run game, which is that's not going to happen. And then Georgia's yeah. offense, they've got to give themselves opportunities and take advantage of what rare opportunities you're going to have against Bama because Bama can play defense. So you've got to take advantage of some, some opportunities that you may have against that Bama defense, which I think Stetson has done a good job. Is he the right guy for, for this job? I guess we're going to find out. Um, <laughs> do I think so? I don't know. As of right now, he is. And we're going to find out. And if not, then JT will come off the bench and he will lead us to victory. Like I don't think Kirby Smart has any problems with that. If Stetson is struggling and we're still within striking distance to make that change and let JT go eat. So but, you JT? Um, so like you team JT. I'm team whoever wins us the championship. That that's that's me. I, if it's JT, great. If it's Stetson, great. I I, I really don't care. <laughs> I really don't care. I, I just I just know, you know, I, I know the, the the things that JT can do better than Stetson, but then on the flip side, there's a lot of things that Stetson can do better than JT. And I think for what we do philosophy-wise offensively, it it seems like Stetson's skill set is the best fit, which has me really excited for Brock Vandegrift and for Gunnar Stockton because those guys are five-star versions of Stetson. And it fires me up about that. Like Gunnar Stockton especially. I think Gunnar Stockton is better than Vandegrift, to be honest with you. Um, So Because he's played against better competition, I think. That's the biggest key. I think he's more polished. Yeah. I think he's more ready. So I, th- I think he's regretting that decision um, after this past Friday against Thomasville. Though. Oh, is he? My man was uh, leaking blood out of his nose in the, in the second quarter. Oh, geez. They were thumping him. <laughs> they were thumping him, boy. Oh, boy. Well, Thomasville, man, they don't mess around. No. No, they were getting hit and hit hard. Um, yeah. But I'm with you. Um I went through whoever gets the job done. Like Benny said, um, am I team JT or team Stetson? I'm team winning. Um, whoever's back there, 
as long as we win, I don't care who gets it. I don't care if they put, uh, hell, they can put Burton back there. I don't care. Um, well, you, you, know put, you know we're going to dominate uh, if I'm back there. there. <laughs> <laughs> are, you talk, put, are you talking about my cousin? We run the Wildcat. You're talking about my I'm cousin, Jermaine? My man. <laughs> That's right. My, my cousin, Jermaine. Well, I can get it done, too. Because I can get it, can get it done, That's too. my cousin, then. Yeah. <laughs> If yeah, all right, if look, Alabama struggled with Auburn, maybe they were looking ahead to y'all. Who knows? Maybe they're just, you know, just it's just how it is. Were you all? And look, Auburn is a rival of y'all's as well. I mean, Georgia Tech, Auburn, Florida, depending on what age the Georgia families you ask, you probably give a different answer. Yeah, were you all wanting? Alabama to beat Georgia so y'all could get them with only one loss and that way it can be or would you hoping that Auburn would beat them? What were y'all what was going through y'all's mind Saturday? Let's let's get a two loss Bama for the championship game or let Bama come in with one loss and you know how did it matter? I'll 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 say this. Bama is Bama, whether they have one loss or two. Either way, I think if they if we beat them, they're out of the playoff. Mm-hmm. The, the way call it, the way it sits at this moment, I don't think there's going to be a two loss team in the playoff. So if we, if we win, they're out. Um, that being said, Bama is Bama. They were they already clinched, so there was no there was no threat of them losing that spot. And, and I think for us to be vindicated for some odd reason, it has to be Bama. We have to beat Bama for us to be vindicated and be taken seriously. Now, winning the SEC is a serious thing. Like, you get some serious credit. But the year we went to the national championship, we beat Auburn in the SEC championship. We didn't We didn't knock off Bama. Like, that seems to be the standard right now. Because we've had those close games with Bama, you know, the one last year, the, the SEC championship and the national championship and, you know, games in the past as well. I, I think that's kind of stuck in everybody's mind where if they don't beat Bama, they really didn't accomplish anything, which we could have played Ole Miss, beat Ole Miss, and I still think it would have been a tremendous deal because winning the SEC is a huge deal. Getting the playoff is a huge deal. But for the sake of getting that monkey off our back, it's to me, it's got to be Bama. Yeah, so, I think at the same time, with the only reason I wanted Auburn to win – is so Bama couldn't get in the playoff if we were to lose. Yeah. Because they would have two losses. And I mean, we all know if for some reason Bama beats us Saturday, they're going to put Bama in the playoff. Like we know that. But Bama with two losses, and for some reason they just happen to beat us or anything like that. I don't think you, like Corey said, you can't put a two loss team in the playoff. If no. that's the case, then Georgia should have been in. Couple years ago, and all that. Now you just go against everything in the playoff. Mm-hmm. Now you're just kind of doing whatever you want. So. But I think there's plenty of like Michigan is going to win the win their title. They're going to be in. Um, I think Oklahoma State, if they can if they can beat Oklahoma again, they'll be in. You can't. I mean, at this point, you can't leave Cincinnati out unless you put unless you put Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. Um, I, I I can't see you leaving a conference undefeated team out to put Notre Dame who has done nothing in the playoff. I think Cincinnati's going to give you a best game out of that situation. Exactly. So I, you know, I, I don't, I don't think a two loss team gets in it, but um, I, I could be wrong. They could just completely jump Oklahoma state and say, sorry, Oklahoma state <laughs> did all of that to win the big 12. And then they just get left out. They just need to go on and expand this thing. But um Yes, I, I think it's good that Alabama got taken to the wire uh, on Saturday. I, I think Auburn did their job of banging them up. Like Alabama went into that game thinking, and we all did, thinking, okay, starters will be out by the end of the third quarter at the latest, no. if not sooner. Right? We all thought it was going to be a Jameson Williams and John Mechie air show. And it, there was going to be, they were going to make sure all the light bulbs on the scoreboard worked. Right. And so, and I think so did Bama. Like this Bama team mentally, I don't think they have the same mental capacity, the same edge that they normally have. You guys with me on that? Um, mm-hmm. 
you know, yes, they still have an edge. Like I, I knew Bama was going to win that game midway through the fourth quarter because they just kept making play after play, and I just knew one of one of those was going to break, and they were they were gonna they were gonna win because Auburn looked like they were trying so desperately to hold on to something. You know, like when you're when somebody's like pulling something away from you and you're like holding on desperately, but you know you're going to lose it at some point. Yeah. And then the person pulling knows that if I just keep pulling, even though I'm not getting it, I'm not getting it, I'm not getting it, I'm not getting it, all of a sudden I'm going to break it loose. I got to be ready for it. That was what Bama was, and that's what Auburn was. So they got taken to the wire. That that moment didn't happen until the fourth overtime, where Bama just kept struggling to pull the game out of their hands, and they just couldn't do it until the fourth overtime. And Bama walked out of there banged up, bruised, battered, emotionally drained, physically drained. Um, you, you don't have your best player, obviously, in Jamison Williams, but he'll be back. He he served his suspension for, for targeting, but um. It's just not the same. It's just not the same look to me. Right, and it's it's hard to be where they've been year in and year out. So this is a a little bit of a drop off for them, and they've what managed to score eleven and one in a quote non typical, you know, usual Bama year. So uh, you guys get them this time, and you, you guys been wanting them. And it's been this collision course all year long. And Saturday at four o'clock, we finally finally get to see it. I still think it should be prime time too. I always think the SEC championship game should be at eight o'clock. I mean, if put these other ones in in front of it. Put the Big Ten and the Big Twelve at three and four o'clock, and let the SEC be prime time. I always thought it should be at eight o'clock. Yeah, I always what? think of prime time CBS for me is the three thirty four o'clock game for me. Um, somebody asked me that they actually widen um, Georgia primetime. I said it is primetime. I mean, that's when I watch football Saturday, <laughs> Saturday afternoon because <laughs> because you, you're you're going out with the wife Saturday night and Saturday morning you're running all your errands. Yeah, so it's prime so, I mean, time right there, man. Three thirty. That work. That work too. You know, I'm not a big fan of night games for for this one, especially you know SEC. Mm-hmm. You know, CBS three thirty is usually when we play. All eyes are on you in the middle of the afternoon. If you move it, you know, kind of, I feel like it kind of takes the luster out of that because we're, like I said, we're used to 3.30. That's prime time. Mm -hmm. CBS, Gary Danielson, and all those guys used to them being at 3.30. That's the prime time game, you know, so um, I I love it. Um, I think it's going to be a great atmosphere. Um, Like you said, this is what we wanted. Um, Mm -hmm. We wanted them and we got it. So what are we going to do this time? And, and, I don't care what you say. They're still the number two team in the country at this moment. So people are going to try to claim, oh, Bama's down. They're not as good. Yada, yada, yada. They're still the number two team in the country. So if we beat them, it's an accomplishment. It's not like we're taking on a four-loss Bama here who's just limping in because they were the only team left standing. Mm-hmm. They're still That's good. I'm, I'm glad for y'all's sake they pulled it out against Auburn. So that takes away that they're down even more because – they're quote down, but they're just they're still a one loss Bama team. So that that for perception wise, for y'all's sake, you're still getting you know, Bama as good as they can be. You know, they dropped one to A and M. They've been you know come in and had one loss seasons before, so it's not like you're. They can even say, well, they they beat a two loss Alabama team. This is you know, so that that throws all that out the window for y'all's sake for the people that want to yap and and you know, chatter about that kind of stuff. So y'all don't have to really hear as much of it as I think you would have. Yeah, but let's be real. Is Alabama ever really down? They they don't, they just reload. And I think this year is just a trying time. Mm -hmm. You know, they got their coaching changes, you know, new faces everywhere, new positions. Um, So they're not down by any means. I just think that they're, um, they're reloading and, and it's taking a little bit longer than it should than, than they're used to. Yeah. And they only lost one game um, in this process. Yeah. With, with that, you know, so if, they lost one game down year and, yeah. and you're considering it a down year because they played a tight one with Arkansas, who is, who went from, who went from two and eight to three to, to eight and four. In okay. Florida, had a close and, one and, at Florida and Florida who used every last ounce of, of, 
strength and will and talent to to keep that one close. You lose in a tough home environment. You lose in a tough road environment, or you don't lose, but you almost lose in a tough road environment where you actually jump out twenty-one to nothing, and, and then uh, with a freshman quarterback who's never played in an environment like that. Um, let's see what else. You lose to A and M, which is they just they just it came out flat. Happen. They were out of mind that day. Yeah, I mean Mississippi State played played with them for a minute. Tennessee played with them for a minute until they figured it out and, and pulled away. Um, I, I'm not sure who else they played, but I don't think it mattered. But um, you know, just ran into Auburn. LSU, like LSU. LSU. Yeah. yeah, you know, you just you know LSU just I don't know they just. <laughs> They played hard. Yeah. Coach, o. Yeah. Coach O didn't get fired because of his stuff on the field. I, I yeah. think some of his, I think some of the stuff off the field bled into that, and they weren't able to execute as well. But those kids love him. Mm-hmm. They play hard. Um, which you is, don't play hard for a coach that's already leaving mm-hmm. and that's still there the way that they did. They wanted to send him so out the right way. Show you how. It shows, goes to show you how much um, one confidence they had in Coach O and his impact on that team. Mm-hmm. So, um, Brian Kelly, the the cherry tomato, can he uh, can he can he do it? So, uh, yeah, I made a mistake. Stat boy, show me where I'm wrong. Oklahoma State plays Baylor, not yeah. Oklahoma. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, which I don't know. I think they'd probably rather play Oklahoma. Um, so, yeah, championship game. It's uh the four o'clock Eastern three central. Um, I always, I'm so used to central time now. I've been here for almost 15 years that I just go ahead and say the central time. So if I ever do that, just, <laughs> you know, just translate you Eastern time zone people. It's great being in the central yeah. time zone because we still get that like night game feel, but it's an hour earlier. Like a game ends at midnight. It'll end at 11 here, mm-hmm. which yeah, that I'm, extra I'm hour. That extra out, yeah. I've, there's been a lot of games where I like woke up the next morning and go, "Whoa, that was an exciting game." And then there's some college that, football final lets me know everything that happens when I go to bed. <laughs> exactly. Packed all after dark. I'm already checking my eyelids. So yeah, checking them for holes. But uh, guys, that's going to wrap us up for today. Actually, um, we uh, we are actually echoing across. Many, many platforms. Um, I'm not sure the exact number. Maybe Steve will tell me, but we're probably at least going across 30 different platforms um, as of right now. So that's going to increase our viewership. I know I'm echoing on five, on four different platforms. Uh, I know Steve's running it on, on all all of his. Vinny, I think you're running it on two or three. No. Israel, you got to jump on board here, bud. Um, and, uh, you got to sign up for Restream. Busy. Yeah. <laughs> busy, and, busy. I know. Just you just got to sign up for you know, actually you know, with you guys. I mean, it's uh, <laughs> I just retweet everything you guys do. So really, you know, I live vicariously through you guys. So I really appreciate yeah. it. That a boy. There you go. Just just retweet. Just find my streams and retweet them to all your all your people. So you know, um, y'all are the y'all are the technology people. You know, I'm just a PE slash football coach. I let y'all handle all this stuff. Well, guys, I'm just a ball coach now. So, but yeah, we are echoing. Uh, you can find us just about anywhere, I, I feel like. So, uh, we got a nice little network going with the Y'all's Conference Network. We got a lot of people jumping on board. We got a lot of people involved, um, a lot of people with a lot of followers. Uh, so, we got some good things afoot. So, we can we can start welcoming some of those guys as guests, and, and they can come on and chop it up with us as, as well. Off-season plan, we're talking about basketball, and we're, we, we might even bring in some special guests. I'll work with you guys to get some uh, – get some people down in that little fourth box. So um, however you found us, thanks for, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. As always, you'll be able to, to find the audio version of it um, on anywhere you can find your podcast. Uh, and, and this is again, follow us on social media. Look right down here below. It's right below the uh, gang Cox logo there. Uh, follow us on Twitter, retweet it. Hit us up on Instagram, YouTube, all that good stuff. Uh, find the show. Tell your friends about it. That's that's the only only way to spread it. But we are the Beast of the East. We are presented by BetOnline.ag and Lightbox Jewelry for Israel. Vinny, I'm Corey. This is the Beast of the East podcast. Thank you to the people in the chat. And until next time, go dogs. Go dogs. Go cats.
Go Big Blue. <laughs> you say, man. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.